going to continue in the life of Jesus. So tonight we're going to look at, I mean, honestly, a passage that I've probably heard my whole life. This is Jesus heals the leper, um, which is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're going to look in Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Um, but this is, like I said, in other accounts in the Gospels. Uh, and I had totally new light on this entire healing that Jesus performed. Um, Jesus performed all kinds of miracles. And he, we talked about last week he performed um, miracles that showed his power over uh, demonic forces. He shows uh, miracles that show his power over nature, that show his power over disease, that shows his power over death. Um, he performed all kinds of miracles. So in this one um, is Jesus cleanses a leper. So if you have your Bible, we're in Mark chapter 1. This is verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And Jesus strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, showing yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. So there's so much going on here, but let's just start with the basics. Uh, the very mention of the word leprosy in Jesus' day struck fear into people. Um, to me, I liken it. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, just, I, I likened it to hearing cancer. You hear cancer. In, in 1960. Yeah, yeah. You hear cancer now, and you're like, well, okay. Well, yeah, well, okay, yeah, we can probably. That's right, yeah. that's and right. I kind of thought of, like, the AIDS scare in the early 80s. Sure. You, you didn't want yeah. to be in the same oh, room yeah. with somebody. Right. You it's didn't know. communicable by air type right. thing. So what was leprosy? Um, in Jesus' day, if you heard leprosy, what, what was leprosy? What does leprosy look like as a disease condition strictly? It, it, it's a skin disease, and it's nasty, boils, it oozes, smells. Fluffing off of skin. Yep. Yep. Would, it, would it have been what Joe possibly had with one of his plagues, the boils and the sores? Could have been. Who knows? I guess it could have. I've never heard anybody try to relate those two things, but, but it certainly could have. Um, I don't think it was a disease that you died from, but you're going to die with it type thing. Right. And ultimately you may from right. a secondary infection. Well, right, right, right. right. Well, yeah. they, I did a little bit of research on this, and they said you could hear a leper because their voice, it would affect mm. their voice, would change eventually. And mm. so you could hear it in their voice. You could see it on their skin. Um, if you dared touch one, you could touch the changes right. in their skin. Um, you could smell that they were a leper. Right. I mean, so well, in every rotting, way, rotting flesh. Yeah, it affected everything about who they were. Um, but it was spread, and they didn't know how it was spread right. exactly. But it was spread much like we would spread a cold or a flu virus. You, they, it could be inhaled. It could be if you touched an open something. wound, right? Or something. Um, and it was like you said, it was the the skin patches, and that's always what I've pictured in my mind was just these it just looked bad like a really awful ugly skin condition mm -hmm. but it was more than that it would it would cause them to lose their sensation to pain it would mm -hmm. make them their skin um, insensitive to touch which we have to feel pain 
to know that something's burning Hot, us right. or sharp, something is sharp. Cold. Yeah, or some, that, that we've been cut, that we're bleeding. So they would literally wear away their, mm. their fingertips, that their feet, they would not have sensation to know that they'd been cut to the bone. Um, so it would eventually cause irreversible nerve damage, irreversible damage to their extremities, and um, ultimately it could become systemic in their bone marrow and everything. It was a ravaging and, disease. And not to be silly, but almost zombie-like. You know, that's right. kind of what I Oh, that's how they were the, treated, right. uh, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, I think, I think even though it was horrible what those people had to go through, I think it was fair since they didn't know. You see what I'm saying? Sadly, yeah. They yeah. had to be isolated. Prevention right. is the only thing they had at the day. Right. In that That's day. right. Prevention is the only thing they had. So judging them by our standards is wrong. Right. You're trying to save the rest of the society or the rest of the village when somebody's excommunicated or put right. outside the village. Right. Now, I think, however, that prevention led to uh, abandonment. Right. Yeah. So, and that was the next question. What was life, if you had leprosy at this time when Jesus walked the earth, what would your life have been like? I thought, in essence, a death sentence. The, oh, your, your life as you know it. Loneliness. Done. And then death, right. It, it's, yeah, life as you know it, you're done. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in Leviticus 13, they had a very lengthy description. And I mean, it is like several <laughs> verses to this chapter in Leviticus on if you had leprosy, they would take you to the priest. The priests were like in charge of kind of the health of the people. And the priests had to go through all these like steps to decide, is it leprosy? Is it not? Are you clean? Are you unclean? They became a physician of sorts. Yeah. The, the priest so okay, so let's ask this question. Why? Why the priest or why, why the... Why, why priests? It's a great question. Well, so in my opinion, everything's related to your spiritual health and, and welfare yeah. on some level. Amen. So yeah. like when they said, what did this family do for their child? Right. Be, what did the parents' sin right. cause this child? Right. So if you were decided that you were a leper, they would force you out of the community completely. Like not only did you have to live alone, you couldn't even live in the town. You had to live in the wilderness. In the, you're a complete outcast. They said you have to tear your clothes you had to cover your face and yell, unclean, unclean. With so that, whatever the voice changes, can you imagine that? The, the craggly voice yeah, of yeah. unclean, unclean. The original so, Darth Vader. Yeah. And, yeah. and like a walking <laughs> zombie. I was trying to think what this would be like. If I had leprosy today and we were following, the, I couldn't touch my husband. I couldn't touch my children. Nobody I couldn't could live in your home. I couldn't hug yeah. people I loved. You couldn't go to yeah. church. You couldn't go to a, a social activity. You couldn't, if, you're, if your little girl mm. had a soccer game, you'd have to stay home. I mean... It would have been it would have been a death sentence. Yeah. Like you would probably completely. rather be dead. Right. What would the point of life be? Right. You remember the boy in the bubble back in the yeah. early eighties, yeah. late seventies? That's about the only comparable thing. And even he still got to live in his home, right. but he had to live in a bubble. There were two kings in Israel that had leprosy and both of them had to have a separate quarter constructed for them to live apart from everybody else. Uh, one was Ahaziah, and he had leprosy for 52, he reigned for 52 years. He had leprosy a good portion of that, and he was a good king. It said that God afflicted him with, with leprosy. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. I think God gives us sometimes chronic illnesses to sure. keep us uh, in a, a frame of mind where we need him every day. Well, Paul. Amen. Know, the, the, Amen. The, 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 the flesh. thorn in the flesh. And then Which Uzziah was, was a really good example of what Tara was saying, getting shunned, because he was in the temple pretending to be the priest and the king, mm. and then he was uh, cursed by God, and they grabbed him and 
drug him out of the temple because he became unclean right. while he was standing there. Mm. Pretty drastic uh, case of leprosy happening like that instantly. So, um, so this man comes to Jesus, and somehow he hears that Jesus is coming. Uh, he believes that Jesus could heal him, so he's exercising some faith here. Um, it says he falls on his knees and says, if you're willing. Uh, Luke's account says he even called him Lord, if you're willing. Um, so he's showing some level of faith that he even, I took the chance. I mean, he, you, can you imagine the crowd like, oh, right. leper. You know, right. they could have been throwing stones right. at him. Some people did. They might, they maybe get threw away. stones, get away, get, get. Sadly, yeah. we try to se- get him to send you away. Sadly. <laughs> where, where that line sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, and so he's willing to take the risk uh, and from being ridiculed and yelled at to come to Jesus. Um, and he didn't know if Jesus would heal him, but he right. knew that he could. Right. So why do you think Jesus healed him? This is an amazing testimony of the heart of Christ. And, and take this out of the context of leprosy. In any area, any area of life, when you come to him, this just is a, a, a glimpse of his heart. I, I will be thou clean. Are you willing, Lord, to, to cleanse me of this? Are you willing, Lord, to, to rid me of this area of my life that I have completely lost control of or that has control of me? Um, Jesus is willing. Uh, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You know, he, he's, he's given the clarion call. You need me? I'm here. I, this is what I came for. This, this validates, if you will. I mean, what's that verse that he came uh, just two weeks ago that we talked about when he went into the synagogue? You know, uh, someone will come and they'll set the prisoners free. They'll hear, he'll, I, I'm he. Here. Yep. I'm here. You're going to say something, Tom? I was just going to say his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's right. You know, you attach yourself to him. He's not going to make it that hard on you to be with him. I think he healed because not that the man had faith. I think a lot of people were healed by Jesus that didn't believe at all. They just wanted to be healed. I just think he had overwhelming compassion for people like he does for us. He doesn't want to see any of us hurting. Do you ever want to see your children hurting? Mm. No, never. Um, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the situation. Maybe You're rotting the staff, they comfort me. <laughs> they, sometimes the you need the rod and the, you need both. Um, <laughs> Sorry. In this situation, Jesus, we just saw uh, not too long ago, Jesus you know, spoke the demon out of someone. Right. Um, we talked about one of the healings where the nobleman's son, he healed him from a distance. He didn't even right. get near him, he healed him from miles away. But in this situation, he does something unspeakable, which is touches he touches him. He doesn't right. have to touch to heal, right? But he touched but he did. him, which was forbidden. What well, are your and, thoughts? And I think that's that's more symbolic for fleshly human eyes, you know, because it's something for him to heal somebody miles away, something for him to just heal the leper. But for us to see human flesh, Jesus flesh, touch another unclean human and not be afraid of that legitimately there was probably nobody else that would do that at all or should technically was he considered a priest i mean in in scriptural terms he is so this guy is coming to a priest for being declared um clean just just a thought and he preached in the synagogue which i guess is a rabbi position definitely recognized as a rabbi i don't know that they necessarily him. recognized him as a priest he certainly was he was another tribe priest. of levi though so correct. so i guess correct uh, lineage wise he wasn't right. but he certainly served as a priest yeah no doubt uh well so 
my mind went back to a time here where two young men were coming to the church. They were coming with a member, and they were homosexual, and they were Catholic. And they would come in, and they would genuflect, and then they would sit down. And they were together. And so someone, I think, well-meaning, that came to me and informed me as to exactly what was going on. Of course, I knew. But the response was, what are we going to do? And I said, well, until they ask to be members of the church, we're going to love them. Amen. We're going to preach the gospel to them, so on and so forth. And, and I believe that one of the reasons that Jesus touched him was to set the example and show Christianity goes beyond social norms. Mm-hmm. Right. Christianity goes beyond rules and regulations and such of that nature. We're, we're going to go straight to the heart. You know, it doesn't say how long this guy's been a leper. Right. How long has it been if since he's, he's if been he's been touched? in a leper for 20 years, I, can you imagine the tingling sensation that went on when the master touched his face or wherever he touched him? Uh, I, I, Electricity. I, I, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. You, you talk about impact, you know. Uh, and, and I dare say uh, that, that and, you know, we've seen it now in movies portrayed uh, one of the more recent ones that I, could, I think uh, risen um, where, where the, the commander of the Roman mm-hmm. soldiers is trying to prove that either he and is or he isn't yeah. uh, and, and he, in that movie in the last scenes he heals a leper and when he heals the leper he, he puts his hand on his face and the leper just just lays his hand you know into that and, and lays his face into the hand and I can imagine that that, that, that was probably the response on, on some level uh, so, in my humble opinion, he, he did it to shatter social norms uh, and, and show I'm here for all reasons and all people and all things. The hallmark of his ministry was healing and health and, mm-hmm. and resurrection. And if there, if there was ever a calling card, this is it. And I, I, you know, I let Hollywood influence me on this some, but do you think, how long do you think this leper lived after he was healed? You know, I think about... Uh, the mouse in the Green Mile uh, that oh, yeah. lived for centuries <laughs> yeah, after yeah. John Coffey. Yeah. yeah. So, in the how long did seen that movie? <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Is it bad? It's oh, a yeah. wonderful movie. Yeah. yeah. And how long did uh, Lazarus live after he was resurrected? To... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> then I'm not going to say it. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Finish your thought. I'll tell you more about it. It's got, right. it's got something I've in it for you. I'm telling you. Oh, good, good, good. But anyway, I just wonder how long they, Lazarus lived after he was resurrected. How long did this man stay healthy after Jesus touched him? I'm just curious how, if they led an extraordinary long life or, you know. I see. That's so, just, so I'm just curious. As a result of Jesus' curious. touch, he was not only healed from leprosy, but he, but he but lived for Virtue went out of yeah. Christ into his life. Well, it says immediately and completely he was healed. So whatever this disease had done to him. Like, knowing what I, like, looked into with leprosy, like, some of these pictures, which I thought about putting up and I didn't, but their fingertips, I mean, they were deformed, very physically deformed. Mm-hmm. Their inner, you know, their bone marrow, like I said, their eyes could be sunken back. Their car, It would literally eat away at their bone. I mean, it was terrible. He was probably completely healed in that moment. So, so he was restored. Restored to perfect health, perfect vision. His throat was healed. His skin was healed. His internal workings were healed. If he needed to go run five miles, I think he could have just like 
taken <laughs> off. It, it wasn't like, you know what, we're going to get you on a rehab the first program. first 5K. Yeah, we're going to need you to come back to me in a few more weeks. We're going to work on this again. Or, you know, it's going to be a while before you regain your full strength, so take it easy, take bro. Take it easy. Well, no, he told him immediately, go to the, present yourself to the priest for cleansing. And there is the comparison, again, with Christianity and socialism, free health care. We just touched him. See ya. Thank you. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Go back about eight weeks. You can see what we're talking about. No. I wonder what that would cost today. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So, and that is, uh, poses the next question. So why did Jesus instruct him to go to the priest for cleansing? He says, go, he doesn't say, uh, you know. You're cleansed. Go yeah, and just go enjoy no your more. day. Yeah. He says specifically, go to the priest, present yourself for cleansing. Well, so. I don't know that I've got an answer as much as I've got a statement that I believe speaks to that situation. First of all, Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill it, complete it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think you have mentioned this. There's only been one other time that a Jewish person has been healed of leprosy, and that was Miriam. And God healed her. Right, right. And so this never happens in these guys' life experience. Right. So this guy shows up and says, hey, I, J Jesus said I need to get cleansed according to the Mosaic. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. oh hang on, well, let me pull out on. Leviticus. It's here somewhere. <laughs> you know? and, and so they had to find it, and it caused a stir, you know. And, and, and so I think possibly one of the reasons was that Jesus knew this is going to upset the apple cart. Right. They would have been very confused. Yes, but he's got to do it because it's the Mosaic Amen. Law. It's so and one, one additional thing. I'm going no, to go, go ahead. Well, just to piggyback on what you just said, he, he was restored physically, but Jesus was also offering him his restoration to the to this society and culture by that pronouncement of cleaning. So he was restoring to him his life so as well, be, his I'm living clean. and his clean. home. I've so. jumped through all the hoops. Yeah, and so part of that healing in numbers, it's, I'm sorry, um, Leviticus. Leviticus 14 describes the cleansing process, and it is in-depth. Oh, my goodness. If you're looking to confuse yourself a little bit, <laughs> I mean, just, I, and there's a lot of symbolism in it. Well, we're all looking it. to do that, Tara. <laughs> there's a lot of symbolism in it, but it was a process. And to, so to say that it wasn't like performing a, like a, a marriage ceremony. This right. thing was you had to get two birds, and you had to have some livestock. And, I mean, it was like you had to have hyssop and cedar and something else I can't remember, oils. And, I mean, it was a deal. Lizard tail. It was a little bit they, like going to the DMV. They had never <laughs> done it before. They'd never done it. So I do think the priest had to be like... I see you guys have went to the DMV too. Yeah, last Sorry. week. And I'm so glad my husband's not here. He might seriously have walked out on that comment. Well, okay, but let's think about this. Don't you know that this guy was doing all of that with most absolute joy? I hope he did do it. Because he probably had to look it up too. You know... So what is the mosaic, you know? Right. Uh, like and that, so he had yeah. to look it up, too, and he's like, wow, oh, okay, oh, that, too. All right, you know, and so here we go. Sign me up. Yeah, he got his to-do list. He went, got his birds, he went, got his Yeah, animal. I'm going to go get these birds. Well, and what's interesting, and I batted around even bringing this up, but it was just too cool. So you know how we talked about uh, back in September that when you look very closely in the Old Testament, in light of what we know about the New Testament, in light of what we know about Jesus and what he did on the cross— it's easy to see Jesus in the Old Testament. So part of this cleansing process, and tell me if you can't see this. All right, nobody check out on me here. Two birds. 
What they did with the two birds is they took one bird, killed it. They took the live bird, dipped it in the blood of the killed bird, and this bird is, is dead and put in a jar. The other bird is released. Mm. So the bird that's killed, put in a jar, Jesus' death and resurrection, the clean bird the, the washed with the blood. was washed with the blood and released. So Jesus' resurrection and ascension. Any thoughts? Uh, just Warren Wearsby threw well, that the, out there. I found it well, in a commentary. Lee Strobel, the case for Christianity, he puts it together that you brought up Hollywood. Just like symbolism like that, there's, there's no script writer ever lived on earth that could write a script like this. That, you know, you say use scripture to interpret scripture. Right. I love people that try to stump the Bible. That's why I right. love openbibleinfo.com. Because it says, what does the Bible say about? And then let you type in something. Mm -hmm. And it will find it. And something like that in the smallest details, I'd never heard that. Or like, if I did, why would that yeah. be a part of the process? When right. you read through the whole process, there's so much symbolism in the cleansing pointing of a lepster. It's all pointing yeah. to, you know, cleansing in the blood and the release of the bird. All of it's pointing to... Jesus. That's just my opinion. But. No, good. Uh, well, no. I, so many symbols. Well, it's you my opinion now that I studied it. I didn't come up with that. <laughs> I, well, I, that is so in keeping with, I mean, that, that is what the Old Testament is. The Old Testament is foreshadowing right. of Christ. Starting in the garden, out of her seed will I bless all nations. And, and it goes from there. And most of the Mosaic law was, was a pointing to, you know, Christ. Uh, Moses striking the rock to get water, Christ. Uh, lifting up the serpent, you know, Christ. Draw man to right. So, but so, so I couldn't agree with you more that, that, that every every detail about the cleansing of this guy in some way was pointing to Christ. Well, and that's the stake of Christianity. That's sure. not the pure spiritual milk that the babies crave. They they probably wouldn't get that. But I think for believers, as you mature and study, that's just one more of those things. You're like. It's just making it that much more real. And anytime I learn something like that, it makes me want to dig deeper to see where else are the comparisons. Yeah, and that dipping in the blood, so one had to be sacrificed and killed. Mm -hmm. And the blood of that one brought the freedom and the health of the other one. So the dove wasn't just healed, it was set free. So there's a lot of symbolism. They did the same thing in the Old Testament with, that's where the term scapegoat yeah. comes from. And right. I never knew that, you know, but they would slaughter one goat and then they would let one free mm -hmm. into the wild the escape goat and you know that was the same symbolism but they wouldn't let him go until the priest symbolically laid all the sins of the nation upon that goat he he would lay his hands on that goat and that was symbolically laying all the sins of the nation he, so the priest was being right. jesus if you will right uh carrying the sin but then of course the goat represented jesus too mm -hmm. carried away he, all the he sins carried it away people. right so, um, not to be a little bit petty, but on some level with these priests, when he sends uh, the leper to the priest, is it possible that he wanted these priests to face the fact that, I know you're going to condemn me, it's coming, it's coming, and I want that, and I, we, that's going to be the thing that when you lay your head on your pillow at night after you've had me crucified, that you know, that you know, that you know. There's only been one man that has healed lepers. I just sent a, a leper to you to, you know, Amen. follow the law, follow. I, I sent right. him, told him to do what Moses said to do. Right. And I want them to know that Jesus did this. And yeah. Well, and, and that's the part I was almost going to say it earlier. That's the part that I think we overlook on Jesus. He was human. He felt emotion. And I think that's the part of him that's just poking them priests. <laughs> sure. You know, hey. 
With that sin, right away. yes. Yeah, but, yeah. Yes, I think he I think absolutely. he just smirked as that right. guy ran away because he knew what it would do so, to those priests. Because I think, are we out of time on this? No, we topic? got one more thing, and then, right. I'll, and then I'll let you. Well, <laughs> so what, are you going to bring up or ask the question about not telling anybody? Yeah. Oh, okay. Next topic. Then I'll save it. So why Jesus heals this man. He's been socially outcast. He's been in uh, misery, complete misery. We don't know how long, but long enough that he was desperate enough to risk everything to come to Jesus. Why would Jesus instruct him, now don't tell anyone I cured you? It seems kind of like, really, don't tell anyone? I'm telling everybody Isn't that as obvious? soon as I'm yelling <laughs> it as, as I'm running to the temple. I am all the way to Jerusalem. That guy, that guy right it there. It was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. so can you imagine if he would have tried not to? So he shows up at the synagogue on Saturday, and they're like, what's Joe doing back there? Uh, Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> Hot yoga. Yeah, Hot yoga. I mean, I've, I've gave up coffee, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so <laughs> think this is uh, J. Vernon McGee made the statement that um, he told, this is, he heard this from a, a preacher, a black preacher. Jesus told this man to tell nobody. He told everybody. He said, but yet now Jesus has told us to tell everybody. And too many times we tell nobody. nobody. <laughs> my friends. He said, yeah, my friends, his disobedience was less than ours. Our disobedience is worse than his yeah. type thing. Yep. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so, but the other thing was, is the, the King James says he blazed it forth. And, and he said that the literal translation of that is, is to set it on fire. And Jay Vernon said, you want to draw a crowd, set something on fire. Well, and in essence, you know, it's a double entendre. Is, and I know that from experience. Is the leopard, <laughs> the leopard did tell nobody. The priests were nobody. Right. You know, right. so it's like the ones he first told, they who they thought they were somebody, they, oh, were, no they were nobody in God's no eyes. No doubt. No doubt. So is it maybe, I don't know, maybe he didn't want him to tell people because, like, he came, his purpose, while he did heal people, his purpose was to proclaim the kingdom of God, to teach repentance, to like that was his ministry. And this was distracting from it all, because as soon as word was going to get out, it was going to get out in a real way. Well, so, you know, the reason he told him not to tell anybody was to prevent exactly what happened when he did. He, he couldn't go into the cities anymore because he was thronged. And, and even though he was glad to heal people and he did it over and over and over, that wasn't the totality of his ministry. Well, is that not why he went out in the boat on the lake? Sure. Just right. to distance himself. Distance oh, himself. he couldn't help it anymore. From right. this point on, he had to teach from the mountainsides, from the seashores, from a boat, from the wilderness. Like, from this point on, Jesus couldn't enter a city. In, in one respect, it kept... So that reaction to his healing kept people who needed to get to him from getting to him, and I'm thinking about the two guys that brought their friend up on the roof, pulled the tiles apart, and dropped their friend down in front yeah. of Jesus because they couldn't get to him. Um, so that's the kind of response that Jesus was trying to avoid. Which but, but will God. be a scene in next year's Easter walk. Cool. Yes. Shameless so, plug. <laughs> so the coolest thing in all of this study this week, and this is where I literally, I, my husband was fell asleep on the couch, and I woke him up because it's time to get the kids. We She's had the like, day off work. More leprosy stuff, and I go, babe. Wake up. Oh, my gosh, John. I just had my mind blown. And he just looked at me like, from a Bible study? That's <laughs> the way it's supposed hey, to go. Uh, You're not doing it right if it doesn't I know. blow your mind. And so, here's, so hear this. This is the ultimate. All right. 
So, Jesus traded places with the leper in the sense that the leper had been outcast and couldn't go into the city. And after Jesus touched him, he could go anywhere he wanted. Jesus, on the other hand, started out in the city, but he had to be isolated to the wilderness after the leper. Another picture. Do you see the the metaphor in that? That we were the spiritual lepers. We couldn't go to the kingdom. We couldn't go to, we can't go to God without him. And then Jesus touched our lives. I'll take your sin. You take my sonship. And because Jesus touched our lives, now we can go to God and we can be in the presence of God. So Jesus left the presence of God and went into isolation in our place so that we're welcomed into the presence of God. He was crucified outside of the city. They wouldn't even kill him inside of the city. So absolutely good stuff. This is why I can't be a preacher because I'd have to just be like, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Sound effects. Well, so that that gives me my, I'm just saying, are we doing that today? Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Well, I had talk about a drop the mic experience. And this is a good test for any kid, meaning your kid. You know, there's a. (laughs) Don't test somebody else's kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a time in every child's life that they cross that threshold of it's okay for me to make fun of myself and it's okay for others to make fun of me. If it's a good one, if it's a good one. They laugh too, in other words. Mm-hmm. So someone had texted me. I, it was you. Gavin said, I'm going to make it tonight because he had already told me I might not make it. Sketchy. Yeah. So when he said, I'm going to make it, all the kids were already over there in the class. So I walked into him. I said, okay, because I've struggled with this for the last several weeks. When you're trying to text yay, is it Y-E-A-H <laughs> or Y-E-A? Well, it's neither. It's Y-A-Y. A-Y. Yeah, it's Y-A-Y. Honestly, I didn't Talk I about didn't boom, okay? I didn't know that. So I'm like, thank you. That's good. And so my son goes, Dad, I'm embarrassed to be your son. <laughs> <laughs> they all laughed. I said, son, that's okay. We're even. I'm embarrassed to be your dad. <laughs> <laughs> they went, Ooh, you know, and I looked at him. I was seeing if he passed the test. He he bowed his head, smiled really big, and just kind of shook his head like, "Good one, Dad. Yeah, Good that's one. awesome." Touché. Yeah. So I'm just saying, well, you gotta laugh at yourself. You gotta be ready. <laughs> I, we all we all should take shots. We all should, but you gotta be able to take them too. Amen. <laughs> well, Steve Amen. Reed did that to me a couple weeks ago in our big circle of friends, and I think I even mentioned it. He made some 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 comment, and I guess I didn't catch it. He said, you're usually quicker than that. And I looked at him, I said, you usually have better jokes. <laughs> He's like, there it is. You know? <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, uh, I've got to, I'm just saying, and this is a follow-up from last week, oh, if uh, Brother Brad has got it. So our good friend Kanye West. So he uh, took Coachella to church with his Easter Sunday service, and 50,000 people showed up. He sang a song, Jesus Walks in That. So he is adventuring out. He's talking about starting his own church. And I'm just like, you know, God works in amazing ways. We don't have the whole article here. But he said uh, some of his key points were no collection plates, but if you want to donate. And uh, uh, Brother Brad back there read it, and he said um, until he saw that, like, Jesus Walk shirts are like $80. But it doesn't say what he's going to do with the money. But this is a man that has millions and millions and millions of followers. You know, you want to talk about a Paul. He could be. Amen. The next Billy Graham. I know that would make people shudder, 
But if he, if God could use him, you know, his first service was 50,000 people. And as long as, uh, yeah, so the merch sale, oh, 165 to $225 <laughs> Jesus Walk socks. But, um, you know, so it would pro- it's a different clientele in a, in a segment of the population that probably aren't churched. Right, no you doubt. You know, so I just, I'm going to keep following this and see how God can work. Saying, and that should be interesting. So that's my, I'm just saying. Well, now I'm just saying, if Kanye West, yeah. I'm going to wait for the doctrinal statement to come out. Well, yeah, we'll see. But uh, maybe a covenant. Yep. <laughs> so, la- so last night, we Dad regularly goes to the ER at Sullivan. We hang out there a lot. If you guys want to come by and visit, uh, Jason and I are stop at Cracker Barrel before or after. Well, if we get a chance, there yeah, depends on how urgent the, the the stop is. The the ambulance crew is perfectly happy to stop. If, if he, time allows. <laughs> so anyway, in the middle of the storm last night, they, they discharged him. So I was oblivious to what was going on storm-wise. And we arrived back at, his, at the arbors when the tornadoes were hitting Cuba. So I walk in and the, the nurses are running everywhere, getting, getting all the people out of the, and, and that's like herding cats, by the way. Oh, yeah. So you, you get them all in the hallway and they, they'll start wandering away again. Right. And you get them all back in the hallway and then they'll start oh, wandering away. You got to lock it's the wheels, just lock, It's just Why are we here? <laughs> so I, my I walk in, I sit, I sit parked right in front of the door and I said, we're here. You guys do what you got to do. When you're ready, come get us. So we sat outside in the, the storm for about 10 to 15 minutes while they were trying to get everybody together. And I thought, well, you know, started pouting. Oh, they're, they're just going to leave us out here to <laughs> blow away. And I, I just said, Lord, I guess we're completely at your mercy. And then I realized that's probably the best place to be. Amen. Right at your mercy. So we just sat there. And to be at peace with being at Amen. his mercy. We're at his mercy regardless. Say, Amen. We're always well, there, right? To be peace It with. just was a realization. I'm always at your mercy. That's the Amen. best place to be. That's where I was straddling that <coughs> calf when it put the mama put her nose where and flipped me. Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say that. Uh, kind of neat uh, along the same lines. Last night with the storm, me, Lindsay, and my dad are standing in our pavilion on the side of my house. And less than 100 yards away, lightning hit. And it was, I, we could see the ball of fire, and it hit the ground. And Lindsay, oh, my God, oh, my God, she was gone. <laughs> and me and Dad were like, wow, we just saw, I saw the steam coming out of the ground. And in about 15 seconds, a waft of, like, sulfur, it smelled like fireworks. We never, it's different when you're that close. And it was amazing. Red nose. Well, <laughs> Red Miller knows. Yeah. Well, and, and to see that power, that would have killed yeah. 100 men. Easy. And But what made me think about God's power and how quick he can act is Chase, literally, you know, everybody had the river going through the yard. Well, Chase wanted to follow that river as a little boy would. And I said, buddy, it's lightning. Well, where that water goes is a big hole I dug. That's where the lightning hit. And I brought Chase out. And you could still smell the sulfur yeah. in there. And they heard it. And I said, son, you would die. You know, and I, I, it was just one of, but it right. scared me, yeah. it scared him, right. but just that quick and to see God's yeah. power and how something can happen, he would have been standing where the lightning hit. Not too often do we get, you know, glimpses of something right. like on. that. Well, it's yeah. funny that we all had those experiences because I'm on a tractor trying to get the last part of gardening done before the deluge comes, and I'm now I'm trying to get my tractor into the garage, 
and one hit in the woods not very far. I didn't smell sulfur. <laughs> Or my own burning flesh. Or I'm not a surrender. Are you sure it was sulfur that you smelled? Yeah. (laughs) Had a sulfur smell. (laughs) So anyway, I'm driving. My first thought was, Lord, I guess we're going to see if you can hit a moving target. Wow. And then I thought. God shall not be mocked. That's right. Yeah, then I thought, no, 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 that sounds like a challenge, Lord. I know you can hit a moving target. I'm asking you. Not to. And Jesus is like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> He's good. He's good. Ready? Oh, well, me and Dad walked right down there, and Lindsay was freaking out still. She had a full-blown panic attack, and my dad says, it never hits the same spot twice. Go back inside. <laughs> oh, so somebody, I don't have it, I'm just saying, but somebody uh, texted in. I'm just saying Katy Perry was at Kanye West. <laughs> hey, he can reach who knows. I know, even people that have denounced their Christianity. Yeah. All right, we'll see. I want to see what God can do. Yeah, so I'm not, Oprah, I'm not, Oprah comes yeah. in here. Yeah, amen. Have some updates on that. Uh, so our next topic kind of sprung from uh, Thomas sent us a picture of him at what, like 17 years old, 18, 16. maybe 16 years old, and it was just funny because it was him and a bunch of other 16-year-olds acting like 16-year-old boys, and uh, it kind of sprung into this topic, which is um, teach me to number my days. And do you want to set it up a little better, Tom? Well, um, I got. I got the picture, and my phone's terrible. And at first, uh, I've always preached to the youth, you know, be careful what you put on Facebook and Instagram, you know. And so when I see... It's er- like a tattoo. Yeah. Hard to get rid of. It yeah. is. Yes. And, and so when I first saw this grainy picture, I thought, oh, boy, one of my stupid teenage days. Me with boys, it was usually something stupid. And when I zoomed in on the picture, it was me and a group of real good guys. Joe Morocco, Nick Wright, he's a pastor now, yeah. Grand Show. And, and I was kind of like, where does the time go? And I got to looking at that picture, and it struck me that I was 16 years old, and it's before the world got a hold of me, or I let the world get a hold of me. And I, I texted that. I said, this is probably one of the last innocent pictures of me ever taken because I had not accepted Jesus yet. Um, I had not messed up with girlfriends. Everybody knows what that means. I had not tasted alcohol or done any drugs or anything like that. And it was just like, it's, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, there's <laughs> me in the left-hand corner, 16. And uh, this was at like a choir band tryout. So is everybody else standing on a box? Or? Oh, no. <laughs> now you see? No, so I was a sophomore and all these guys are seniors. There you go. You see? There so, you go. I so love that, it. So the guy right above me looks like me growed up, I think. You know, kind of, <laughs> like a bigger version of me. That, but um, Is that Nick? That's Nick. on the Lions? Lo- on the left. No, I can't remember his name. Terry, okay. was, it was your class. Uh, That's yeah. Joe Morocco in the yeah, front. It doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway, so but, a bunch of guys. So, so anyways, so it's kind of twofold. If, if I could go back and talk to that younger person, what would I say? Like, dear younger me. Dear younger me. And it was kind of twofold because all those things I did was after I accepted Jesus. And that was kind of, that's a deeper conversation. Sure. Is how did I allow myself to go astray? But, yeah, so what would I tell that young man today? And and then I don't know if you were going to go this way, but I feel like my second chance of telling dear younger me is my children now. So what am I raising my children up to not do what I did? Sure. So that's kind of... Or to do what I didn't do. Or to do what I didn't do, yes. So so that's the setup. Your topic, so answer it. Oh, well, goodness. You know, it could go into a couple segments. You know, first off, my one, I would tell that boy, never try alcohol. Don't even do it. You know, I got to spend today with Craig and Brad and uh, Claybo running cows. 
and we were talking, and we talked about this picture, and Craig said, so when did it go wrong? When did you start messing up? And a big part of it was the military, because two years later, I was already in the military. Sure. And, and Clay said, you know, the first party I was at, that they broke out the alcohol, he said, I just grabbed a bag of Cheetos, went in the front yard, and called Dad, and waited. I'm like, God bless you. You know, he had some better role models. I can't blame that on my role models. It's about me, ain't it? Oh, it yeah. Says, is that the cast from The Goonies? That's <laughs> <laughs> from Randy. Yeah. But um, I, the first thing Boys I would say is... Boys to men, that's right. First thing I would say is don't try alcohol. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I look up to you for and I totally believe you that you said you've never tasted it. You know, and, and I think to young kids, it seems so easy. It's not a big deal. But it is. It's a lifelong curse. You know, uh, me and Brother Gavin have talked about that. When you do that, uh, it's, it's the gateway drug to sin, I think. Anything. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. Um, I would tell that man, wait till you're married. Yeah. You know, I, I almost did that. Almost, but almost, you know, good sure. intentions paved the way to help. You know, yeah. and, you know, just, I don't, I do, in a way, I do regret doing some of those things, and then some of I don't, because it's made me who I am today. Sure. That I can witness to people, you know, that struggle with alcoholism sure. or struggle with adultery and stuff like that. And, and so... I would have just told that man, stay around. Like Joe Morocco in that time was the man. You, you want to talk about a soul-winning Christian boy. Right. And I think that's one reason why I was able to stave off the world for so long is because those were my friends. Right. And surround yourself with good people. When I left that group of people and joined the military, I surrounded myself with tattooed, boozing, drinking, womanizing. It's, that's not the whole military, sure. but it's the culture. And I allowed myself to get engulfed in that, sure. and it led me astray. Right. And so that, that's what I would just say to that young man is, hey, pay attention to who you're surrounding yourself with. Right. And uh, that'd be about it. See, amen. Amen to all that. I, I've got three or four statements here I'd probably say to myself. So you can make a living. You can grow a family. You can be a deacon. You can be a husband. You can be a father. And you can have fun at all of them. Yeah. That. that you can make a living and have fun. You can be a father and have fun. I wish I had gotten that much, much younger. It's developed over the years, but if I had started uh, early, I wouldn't be paying so much, or Megan wouldn't be paying so much for therapies. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. And Steve Reed told me a quote. He said, what we do in moderation, our children will do Amen. in excess. And that has scared me. Good or bad. Good, Good or bad. Right. True. And, yeah, and, but that exactly has scared right. me for my pet sins that right. I look at my innocent children. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the last innocent pictures of me, I want them to stay that way for a long time. So that tempers me to do things that normally I shouldn't or would do for them, their eyes, Amen. to see me do things like that. Another, right along this line, is work, work on liking and respecting yourself more. If you like and respect yourself for who you are, that alcohol is not as tempting, as, or the, right. that lifestyle is not as tempting. You're not, you're not tempted to try to prove anything. If you like and respect yourself as a godly person, you, you, know, you, you are your own best influence then. Well, and I think that's where we miss the mark. Love others as yourself. One of the, the greatest commandments. Miss right. And, and we talked about implies that. implies that you have to love yourself a little bit. Right. That's exactly right. And, and that's where the problems of addiction and stuff like that, you know, you want to fit in, you know. You want to be that guy, so you just blend in with the crowd. You want people to like you. Because you're insecure? Yeah. You're insecure about insecure. yourself? And Pastor Ben, you know, gave me that rock-solid moment in that two-hour, three-hour meeting. He's in 
and you need those good mentors. Sure. And I was spiraling down. And he said, you're terribly insecure about your insecurities. And it's like, I had known it forever. But, you know, no one can tell me I'm five foot four. I feel like I'm six foot five. I've never cared about that, you know. But there was things in my life that I was insecure about. And I just wanted to be everybody's friend and everybody like me. And, and allowing them insecurities to take control is like just putting a veil over your head, you know, living in the darkness. And no doubt. Keep anybody from really seeing you. And right. The, if I could tell myself something, be somebody that other people want to see. You know, right. be, be somebody that you want to see in the right. mirror when you look. So. And give yourself the same forgiveness you give others. Sorry. No, you're great. So uh, basically, I mean, it's all the same stuff, really. But mine got a little more specific from a, if you will, a preacher standpoint. Uh, I'd tell my younger self, I can see myself in the dorm room at college. Read your Bible more. Memorize more. Pray more. Worry less. Mm, that's mine. Don't date. Just wait is what I would tell my younger me. Uh, study Hebrews 11.1 1 until you get it. Right. Just got it this year. <laughs> Could have saved a lot of time and, and pain if I would have learned about faith back in college. Uh, and then, of course, what we've all uh, shared, uh, Jesus and Jesus alone is your only source of significance. And then uh, this is just a funny level. Eat the, eat the cow, sell the truck. When we moved here from here to Jonesboro, we had a calf that we had just bought to feed it out. And it was about... 800, 900 pounds, and we had an old red truck. And so we sold the cow and kept the truck. We should have ate the cow and sold the truck. <laughs> the truck was extremely bad to keep. Yeah, give that to your and younger we self. Lost You'll know money when the time on, comes. That's right, that's right. Well, and, and Tara, this, I know I'm probably eating into your... No, we're good. You know, like with Joe Morocco, um, his father, Al Morocco, literally, I told the story, I was in the creek, we lived in between each other, and his dad said, come on up here. And they cooked me a Sunday morning breakfast. I was, my parents could have cared less for it. They loved me, but sure. I played at the creek Sunday morning, sure. you know, two miles from the house. He's being quiet. Yeah. And they, they fixed a breakfast, and they brought me to this church. And Joe, I remember numerous times sitting in his room and him reading the Bible and telling Bible stories. And Teresa, we were the same age, you know, but he was he took this young little nobody kid and just kind of went like that. You know, and, and that's I always felt God's hand on me. You know, but I didn't understand it. I didn't know who Jesus was. And then that's the importance of taking in, like, the father-son fishing trip coming up. Right. Take a kid, you know. It's like, I looked at Joe like a god. You know, here's the coolest kid in the high school. I'm tagging along with him. It's because he had a love. He right. loved me. You know, and he taught me Jesus. He taught me that. And, and so look at that domino effect in life. Right. You know, I'm not Billy Graham. You know, I don't mean, but my son, he knows more Bible verses than yeah. I, you know, my daughter. You know, and it's like, so that is from... Somebody just taking in a, a child. Right. Well, for every uh, D.L. Moody, there's an Edward Kimball. For every Billy Graham, there's a somebody that poured oh, into yeah. them. You know, so I, I remember. For every that. Kanye West, there's a <laughs> Katy Perry. <laughs> oh, wait, no, <laughs> yeah. no, we're not sure how that's going to no, play no, out. No, no, not yet. Uh, my thing, I guess, my dear younger me, I've always been uh, filled with fear. And a perfectionist. Oh, if I could go back to younger me in high school and just been like, you know what? None of this really matters. Uh, what you're thinking is such a big deal isn't it's a big not. deal. It's just not a big deal. And I would have definitely said, uh, care less about what your test scores are. Care more about how much you know about this Bible. 
and I would have still gone to college. I still would have graduated. I feel confident I still would have been a pretty good nurse if I had spent equal time or more time on the Bible, less time on the books. Um, even my son was struggling in algebra. He's, he can do freakish math in his head, just super math smart. But algebra, certain parts of algebra are tripping him up. And I was like, bud, he goes, mom, I have a D in algebra right now. And I was like, who cares? And I mean, I really did. Who was <laughs> that? Was so, I didn't even take algebra <laughs> in high so school. Liberating. So <laughs> And I go, buddy, I've had algebra, algebra two, college algebra, trig, calculus, I mean, you name it, I've had it. I go, you know how much I remember? I can't even help you with your eighth grade algebra. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> you can it's important yeah. to put yourself through that. I'm going to intervene here a little bit, Tara. Don't <laughs> well, abandon hey, all education. I, I will disagree with Tony. I will, I will disagree with the <laughs> And Kato, who's in the middle of pre-calculus right now. <laughs> I... Well, you see, and I joke, you see, when I was just shortly after that, well, I, I had like it. 166 people in my class. I was ranked like 163. Yeah. But I was dating the valedictorian. <laughs> <Wait>. so <it laughs> was, <laughs> That's all that matters. Know, yeah. That's awesome. I, I wish so bad I would have understood uh, and could have taught dear younger me what what strongholds fear will it would right. have on my life and how right. that would play out on my life and, and would have figured out a way to get a grip on um, really who God is Amen. and how strong he is and how much he really, really has got your back and would have just so much more fun and happiness. I look back on all so many years of just uh, worthless anxiety that just, right. it didn't matter. It never amounted to anything. Uh, my mom used to say, oh, you're a worrier and your dad's a, wor a worrier and your grandma, she gets that from his, he gets that from his mom and I'm like, oh, so generational sin. We have generational yeah, sin man. of fear and worry and uh, that's what it is. And so I've been trying to teach my kids if I'm talking to dear younger me, I'm Break talking the to chain. the children that's I right. have Break brought into this world. So trying Amen. to fix that. And I mean, and honestly, who doesn't wish looking back uh, they hadn't read the Bible more? I saw a meme the other day that, you know, I wish I hadn't done that workout, says no one. Uh, it's the same thing with the Bible. Like, I wish I hadn't spent time reading the Bible, says no one. I mean, I wish so bad I could tell you, dear younger me, just get your get your head in the book. That's right. Well, yeah. and ultimately, yeah. I think I texted, you have to be, you have to realize it's part of God's plan. Right. You know, and, and that's part of loving yourself. Accept who you are. Yeah, I've failed and failed and failed and failed. But when my friend Chad Johnson was coming here to the church a couple years ago, I ran into him in the park, and he was struggling, you know, and me and him could relate on a basis, and he's like, how are you doing? I told him, I could see he was not doing good, and he started coming to the church and mm -hmm. stuff, and you remember that, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that was part of God's path with me, that I could talk to him, you, bet. you know, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just appreciative that, you know, good photos like that pop up once in a while to remind <laughs> you, you know. Cool. Amen. Well, uh, we have a third topic, but it's getting punted to next week, so come next week for I'm sorry, John MacArthur got me all tripped up on this leper thing, and I just I couldn't Good let stuff. it go earlier. Forgive me. So, but for our last thing, instead of doing uh, a would you rather, it's baseball season, Cardinals baseball are in full swing. Don't know if you're a Cardinals fan. doesn't matter. Part of a baseball thing is when the player comes to the plate, they play a walkout song. And there is a baseball player uh, this year that he'd had his first, did you hear about this? He had his first baby. And when he came to the plate this year, he played that song, Baby Shark, Chomp, Chomp, oh, Chomp, wow. Chomp, Chomp, Mama Shark, Chomp, 
<laughs> that was his walkout song. That's so, you awesome. know, here usually I remember Mark McGuire used to come out to Welcome to the Jungle and, and on and on like that. Uh, and so I posed the question, what is your walkout song? If you had a walkout song, and I mean, if I we guess. were an MLB player. I guess if it were you and you're coming uh, out to preach, I don't know, it could be <laughs> stepping, <laughs> or I'd better get. Text it, Randy. You're I want to hear what you just told your wife. <laughs> Text it. You're at church camp. You're stepping to the plate in the big church camp. <laughs> a walk. Hey, let's do that Sunday morning. Every time there's a walkout song. <laughs> I, uh, I can right. tell you a, uh, a horror story along those lines as far as a preacher that he would make an entrance. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. We have local preachers that still make an <laughs> Easy. <laughs> okay, so who's going to go first? I'll go first, right. and you should know that this, if you know me at all, you should totally know what this is. All right. How, how, how much are you going to play? I'm going to play like 10 seconds. All right. Maybe more. Know, anybody know what this is? Yeah. The greatest. Yes, the greatest. What is it? The greatest show. Oh, the greatest show. Man. Yeah, first meeting. Sorry. It's a little musical. Not my genre. Nobody. Can you see this being a walkout song? Oh yeah. Or if I was a boxer. If you're a female major league baseball player. If I was like <laughs> Layla Ali walking out. Yeah. The good stuff. Good for stuff. years it was um, a Beastie Boys song until I heard, I've had a walkout song picked for like Beastie 20 years. Boys. It was a Beastie yeah, <laughs> I can play that too if you want. <laughs> Sadly it's still on my iPod. Uh, but, and then I heard this and I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be my walkout song. It changed. So. Alright Gavin, All right. that's good Terry. Oh he's got it. <laughs> Nerd. It, it, it picks up, it picks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the third movie. Is this from The Hobbit? Yeah, that's The Hobbit. Oh, that was Concerning a joke. Hobbits. <laughs> Concerning Hobbits. See, it's it a little more lively here. Are you going to be prancing out to the plate? <laughs> so I couldn't and think off. of anything. This is all I could think of. Use your phone, Oh, that's so funny. All right, you got to find yours, Tom. I think, yeah, it's coming. Okay. Oh, no, it's just you see, you got a little lively there at the end. Here it's kind of like me. Start slow, yeah, start picking yeah. up. You, you ready? Skip, skip to the plate. I'm interested if you guys know this song. You don't know this song? I got nothing. I tasted fire. I'm ready to come alive. I can't just shut it up. Fire is kind of a theme with you, bro. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like you have tasted fire. <laughs> I have tasted fire. Um, what so that? that's Switchfoot. Switch, get out of here. And, and I might download Christian that. Song. Yeah, I know who Switchfoot is. I have It heard is that song. a powerful song on the afterlife. Now, that's funny you like fire because when the lead singer of Primus died, his main song was Fire Starts Her. I'm the Fire Starts Her. You know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I actually looked that up. Yeah, and, and, and I was like, I, we listened to that in my bad years, and I was like, I cannot believe my pastors listened to Fire Starter from Primus. So, yeah, so this is, a, I think, a great walkout song, but it describes me pretty perfectly, so. This isn't I Should Have Been a Cowboy. No. 
Well, that's it. Jesus. Where I drank my first beer, where I found <laughs> Jesus, where I crashed that car, I tore it all to pieces. And we we raised a rural route one six nine, you know. So there's a lot of similarities to you be. You might want to get some copyright yeah. money off that. Bro. I think, yeah, I think they were uh, writing about following your, your life story. Yeah. And these are yeah. probably all good evidences of what of why we're not Major League Baseball. Correct. Players. That's true. Right. I have told this story many times before. Years ago, I played church softball. And the guys on, they needed me because they needed a girl. And that was the only reason right. I they played. They were in a co-ed oh, league, yeah. you so had they to have a girl. Two girls, and I was one of two that showed up consistently. <laughs> and I can remember we played this other team. By some miracle, I got on base. I always tried to take a walk, for the record. Going to the plate, my game plan was take a, take walk. a walk. Like, have you seen Chicken Little? Just take the walk. <laughs> uh, that was me every time. I got on base, uh, barely. And the guy playing first base goes, I'm going to be honest, I thought you'd be a better ball player than this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Thanks. So, Randy, is this what you would be yours? Okay, so Randy's would be I'm bringing sexy back by Justin <laughs> Timberlake. <laughs> Love it. Oh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> Sunday in the second service, I shared a uh, Sharon Rayfield story, and Randy thought I was going to share a different one. I shared, actually I shared a him and Rich story, but the story he thought I was going to share is very good too to end on here. Uh, Sharon believed that you could worm your children and you would put a tablespoon of sugar with a couple of drops of turpentine. And Randy wow. and Rich both have been wormed a few times. And any time a kid was messing with its nose or whatever, she'd say, that kid needs worming. <laughs> So it's actually wow. deworming, right? Well, I mean, deworming, that's right. Technicality. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and we're afraid of red dye number 16. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. So. <laughs> yeah, he survived turpentine. You can't oh say it didn't affect gosh. you, though, bro. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. My kids would be like, see, Mom, we can have high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's awesome. That's good. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, I think if my calculations are correct, we only we're, have two more Wednesday nights before that is the break. Correct. So. Um, I hope you found some of this enjoyable, those of you that have kept coming back. So. And, and guys, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's getting pretty weather. All sorts of stuff is gearing up at school and beyond. So I, I get it as far as the, the crowds have waned a tad and, and such of that nature. That's all completely understandable. With that said, I want to lovingly encourage you to keep pointing your friends, neighbors, and relatives to BethelLondale.com, B-R-H, Bethel radio hour because I continually come across people that have listened to it mm -hmm. and it's blessing them. Uh, talk, talk to a man today. Uh, cause he said, what, what do you guys do Wednesday night? And so I started to share with him. He said, I've been listening. Awesome. Amen. And, and awesome. so I don't know if he just needed me to explain to him what it was or what, but, but, uh, it, it's getting out there. And so Amen. it's extremely important for us to use this as a contact. And a plug for Tuesday night's CR. Sure. Um, I actually ran into a lady that was going to CR. I didn't know that. And uh, she um, she said, oh, yeah, I went to the Easter walk and that. So that's another thing. It's not just an addictions oh, no. rehab. No, no. That's what Hurts, I thought it was. Habits, hangers. I've come a couple that's times. All of us. Yeah, and it's blessed me each time I come. Yeah, so did. I would say try it out. 
And you know what? And just, I can't, I'm sorry, but I got to say it. Uh, get in the Bible this week more than yeah. usual. Look at something that you've heard so many times and read so many times and look at it again. I've just been blown away this year by things that I've heard since I was a kid that are just, I'm seeing, like God is just showing me things I'd never seen before. And it has Amen. been amazing. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody. Love you guys. See you Sunday, Lord willing.